Hello everyone and welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, this week I am joined for this edition by Alfie Biggs, who's going to be helping me dissect all the latest Everton news that has gone on in the last week or so, which has seen us defeat Brentford last weekend and we head into a really difficult fixture this Saturday evening against Chelsea and the relegation picture continues to hot up and it continues to get very worrying. But um, we'll start off with last week's game first and foremost. Uh, obviously, Brentford 1-0 at Goodison Park, a game that we pretty much had to win, you know, given Bournemouth results as well. It was a, it was a, we were unlucky not to win against Forrest the week before, you could argue, apart from a bit of a moment of madness from Decore, but we got off to a flyer, didn't we, after, I think it was 35 seconds from Dwight McNeil. Alfie, take it away, mate. Uh, what was your assess- assessment of the game? Um, deserve winners, could have got more. Main thing is the result. How, how did you see it going? And ultimately, it was really important we got these three points because Bournemouth and other teams around us, they've started to kick on. They've sort of start, start to sort themselves out, so other teams. And I think Brentford, you know, they came in 12, I think it was 12 unbeaten run. Yep. And we came, I wasn't so confident on the day. I think they're a very good side. They've got some really good individual quality. Defensively, they're really sound. But that start was fantastic. And I think that was, that was really needed. I think because we were always going to, they really dominated the ball. Especially in the second half, we didn't really, couldn't really contain possession very well. But I think ultimately it was a really good win. Started strong. It's a very good side. And yeah, I think I think the game sort of, as it went on, it, it, we didn't, they had a lot of the ball, but it wasn't like we were like, I didn't feel like we were getting battered at all. I thought we sort of, first half especially, I thought we played quite well. Yeah. I thought we, we managed to sort of dominate chances. I think if you look at the XG, even in combining the both halves, we did dominate XG. We limited them very very well. I think Tony didn't really get any major chances. I think we created a lot. I think Michael Keane coming in, I wasn't so sure if he was... I, I, there was always sort of, you know, he played under Dyche Fowler for many years ago, but I wasn't really sure if he would get a look in. But he's come in and he's done quite well. I've been very impressed with him. Uh, same as Godfrey. I was really... I was very... I, I don't... I feel sorry for Godfrey in some respects because I feel like he's a centre-half. He, we signed him as a centre-half, a young centre-half from Norwich, and he's kind of been messed about a little bit. He's played left-back, he's played right-back, he's occasionally played centre-back when needed. And... Him, his sort of matchup against Brian and Bemu, who's obviously a very good player. He's got sort of, I think it's eight goals this season, five assists. He's very dangerous, especially his sort of relationship with Tony. But I think he handled him really well. And it was almost sort of 1v1 isolated quite a lot against him. And he's obviously, he's an athlete, Godfrey. He knows what he's good at and he handled him really well. Ultimately, second half... We could have maybe tried to. We didn't. We didn't look like really creating anything. We sort of struggled a little bit. Legs. And I think it's about sort. Of, they made a lot of subs quite early on. But Dyche doesn't like doing that. Dyche famously always throughout his time at Burnley was never going to. He's never going to make four subs before the seventy fifth minute. He's always going to see. He doesn't want to sort of ruin sort of cohesion. And I understand that. But I think we did well. I think ultimately it's a very, ultimately it's a good result, and we came away and we won. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree, mate. You know, you mentioned there how the first half, we, we really nullified their chances, uh, kept Ivan Tony very quiet, which is a real big one when you're playing against Brentford. We know how dangerous he can be. Um, could have potentially gone in two ahead of the disallowed goal from Damari Gray. 
What was your thoughts on that? Because I th- I've seen a few, I've seen a few people on this, and you know the jury's out a little bit. Uh, I, 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 I was in the, uh, I was in the Gladys at the weekend, so I didn't get the best of views of it. Um, I suppose the frustration always comes in with consistency with the with the decisions when you when it comes to moments like this. You think back to obviously the Rodri handball last season. A lot of different things come into your mind, but was it the right decision for you, or do you think we were quite hard done by and we could have gone in um, two up at the break? Isn't it? So I, I, I couldn't go this week. So I was watching it on the telly, and you can see it does. It's the chest, it's the arm, it's yeah. where it's what. Where is the line? Because you can use sort of the badge on the arm that's that's meant to be part of the reasoning. If it's below there, then it's an arm. If it's not shoulder, it's it's impossible to tell really. But it yeah. is about consistency, is it? And you've seen them given, and obviously, if they came back in in that second half and managed to get an equaliser and then even get a winner, you would have felt hard done by. Yeah, of course. Um, but the second half came and we did ride our luck a little bit. Real, real backs against the walls performance in that second 45. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people's hearts were in the mouths at that point. Um, we were sort of expecting the inevitable Brentford goal and a point probably, in all honesty, wouldn't really have gone down too well. You know, obviously we got the point against Forrest the week before, but we, you know these home games we've stressed many times how important these are going to be in getting us out of this situation. So to get over the line, it was almost like it was one of them. One when the when the referee blew the whistle, it was one of relief, wasn't it? In the end, yeah, it was just like relief. another another three points boxed off at home, and we can just continue to move forward. Now, of course, that result did lift us to the heavy heights of fifteenth, which is uh, something that we're not. I think it's probably one of the highest points we've been in for a while. It seems that we've not really been out. Yeah, of it feels definitely for a long yeah, time. So I feel like we've been really in that. The the worry, I suppose, was that teams around us had a game in hand on us. We saw last night that Brentford actually did us another favour by beating Southampton, yeah. and of course Brighton beating Palace last night as well. Um, it's all very tight, as we mentioned at the start of the pod. Um, it's obviously it, it's very. It's very encouraging when your side aren't in the bottom three, but it's just so so close at the moment, in it and. We we almost have no other option than to just take it a game at a time, and I think that's what the manager is going to do. Obviously, we've got three really tough games coming up now, which you know we'll, we'll speak more about in a moment. But just just briefly, Alfie, what what's your sort of take on this relegation picture this season? Because I can't remember one as tight. You know this. Wow. You know we've still got a fair bit of football to play, and it, you just can't predict it. You know the amount of points that are separating twelfth to rock bottom. It's obscene. I've never seen anything like it. So what's what's the what's the way that we sort of navigate out of this now? Is it just game by game in a situation like this? I suppose that's all it has to be, really, isn't it? Well, so Aston Villa at eleven, for they sit on thirty-five points, but then twelve is Palace, who are on twenty-seven. We're on twenty-five, and we're so we're two points off twelve here, and then Southampton in twentieth on twenty-two. It's incredibly tight, and I think any of those teams, I think any of those three teams could go down, really. And I think, I don't want to include us in that, but I think we are obviously in a relegation battle now. We're used to it now, last year as well. But the game in hand doesn't bother me because it's not like in a title race. It's not like if City have a game in hand on Arsenal, it's like, oh, well, it's expected. These teams, they're not winning. The the, the games in hand thing doesn't bother me. So, So Leicester, they are one point behind us on 24. They've got a game in hand. They're not guaranteed to win there. That doesn't mean they're going to now sit on 27 points and leap from two teams. There's a lot of teams in this. It's ultimately, like you said, game by game, win, win, we've got to win our home matches. That's the thing. And we, we do. That's where we're strong at. The home form has been strong. Way is questionable, I think. But that's any all of these teams around. I think if you've looked at 
the trajectory of the away games this season since COVID, on, a, on not just us, on a whole, you're so much more likely statistically. A lot of the teams, it's now home games you win, away games a lot more tougher. I think if we can build on the home form, like we're doing, we're getting into it. I I think we'll stay up personally. Yeah, well, I think we've definitely got a better chance. You know, you look at the home form there, which you just which you just mentioned. Deitch is 100%, you know, steadied that a little bit. Um, we, we seem to be a lot more confident at home, particularly. There seems to be a bit of a belief that the players can maybe grind out results. Of course, we know that we're not going to see free-flowing goals. That's quite obvious and has been all season. Um, but there seems to be a bit more of a resilience. And as you say, players seem to be taking their opportunities. Like you mentioned before, your Michael Keynes, your Ben Godfrey's, they seem to be relishing the chance of getting in the side. Um, the manager's not afraid of making big decisions. We've seen him take Cody out. We've seen him play Damari Gray up front on his own and give Dwight McNeil over on the side. So the manager's obviously approaching it in a, in a very in a very different way. And as long as the players are buying into that, that's that's all you can hope for, really. I suppose, you know, it's all well and good us sitting in thinking about, you know, could or would or should have, but it, it does beg the question that if this decision was made before the World Cup, we could have maybe picked up results against the likes, you know, your Wolves, your Southamptons. And I suppose that's where the frustration comes from, isn't it? Because, you know, touch wood, we would have been, I wouldn't say safe. I never want to say safe when Everton Football Club are involved, but, you know, we're... We would it would have looked so healthier, but listen, we we could sit here all day and, and talk about what what could have been. Um, moving on, um, before we delve into our next three really sticky games, um, Dominic Calvert Lewin, we want to speak about him for a moment, and obviously he's he's someone who all the fans really want to see back on the side, getting the best out of him. He's had a really torrid eighteen months or so through injury, and yeah. um, we were maybe expecting him to perhaps be involved with Brentford. You know, we put up a bit of a cryptic tweet before the game, thinking, oh, maybe he's going to be involved in some capacity. Wasn't to be, fair enough. I think a lot of people would rather him get, you know, match fit for these important games coming up. Um, however, you know, news coming out today that Dominic Calvert-Lewin didn't strain and the manager has come out in the press conference and said he just felt something. Um, so whether that the severity of that, we don't know. I think one thing we can we can say about Sean Dyche in these press conferences, he's very, he plays his cards very close to his chest, I think, so it's hard to really judge the severity of any potential injury to Calvert-Lewin. Um, I, want, I want to talk about Calvert-Lewin more as like an, an individual now because, you know, we all know, we know, we all know his situation. He's really struggled with injuries, but... It must be really difficult for him to have to, you know, watch on the sideline. You know, he gets he gets a bit of stick on Twitter as well, which is obviously never nice to see with your own players. Um, what, what's your sort of thoughts on the Dominic Calvert-Lewin situation? This is obviously something that's been going on for a while now, and he is our number one striker at the end of the day. So, you know, you got to feel for him, haven't you, to a certain extent? So yeah, so what, like you said, eighteen months ago, he was what England debut goal. He's back at Harry Kane. He was the boy. He was going to be back at Harry Kane. He's nowhere near now. Unfortunately, yeah. there's you, there's a lot in it. There's Abraham, obviously Tony, who's in the squad today. Yeah, Wilson. He's, he's, he turned twenty six today, Calvert Lewin. Seven, mm. only just turned. He's the same age as Chilwell. He's not. He's not a young. Not a kid anymore, anymore, is he? No, he's certainly not. And I think it's his, it, it, the, his confidence must be shot to bits yeah. because like 18 months ago debut goal for England bagging he scored last season he scored or in the 2020-21 season 16 goals in Premier League six in the last two seasons yeah it's a shame isn't it it's, it's, it's a shame and it's it's, in, it's it's not his fault at all of course not and I think he gets a lot of stick on Twitter as you know as he has as, as so many other footballers do that have interests outside of football 
and uh, yeah, and that doesn't help. But it's just so many injuries. But it's also it's not if I've looking at his injuries here. I'm just looking at them now. A knee injury, four to six days out. Fractured toe, 125 days out. Hamstring injury, eight days. Muscle injury, 24 days. Back injury, 68. Ankle. It's not like he's got a dodgy hamstring. It's. Can I can I put this to you? Do you think there's a way back for Calvert Lewin, or do you think it's one of them situations like I've seen? I've seen a few comparisons to players like Daniel Sturridge as well, who are play who never quite recovered, and obviously you know, all be his Liverpool connections and all that. It's, it's always a bit of a shame to see when a player you know who who obviously has ability and can really help out a team yeah. and be really effective. As we saw, you know, you read out the numbers yourself. They're really effective for Everton in seasons gone by. Do you think there's a way back for him? Will we ever see that Calvert Lewin again? I think with each passing week, at my hopes diminish slightly I will say that I ultimately I hope I, I really do hope so but ultimately it's not looking like there is yeah if you look at his goals since if you look at all the goals in the last so we came his first season at Everton he scored probably may start making an appearance four goals then six then 13 then 16 then five, then one. He hasn't. He played seventeen games. He made seventeen starts last season, and he had that really bad fractured toe injury that put him up quite a long time. Then another hamstring injury. I I don't know. I feel like over the last sort of year, he has been mismanaged, rushed back yeah, almost. Definitely. And I feel like Dyche has definitely looked at that, or whoever's Dyche around him, his team's looked at that and thought that's clearly not on, and they're clearly going about it a different approach now, and. Because I believe if this was six months ago and it was Benitez or Lampard, he'd be playing in che- against Chelsea on Saturday. But yeah. this, they've got what? It's international break, so what, we've got two weeks, a week and a half until the, the Spurs game, is it? Yeah. Hope he, hopefully he can feature there if he's fit. I would. I don't want to rush him back at all. Also, yeah, definitely. You know, Deitch, you touched on it there about how Deitch is managing him and hopefully this is a way that can maybe help him in his re- rehabilitation. You mentioned there that he's been mismanaged in the past, which I agree with. Um, and, you know, you can just hope that this this sort of news coming out today that it isn't too serious and then Deitch can just look at it and say, OK, then maybe just take a step back. Don't go in too hard. Mm. And like you said, you know, we're, we're about a week, week and a half, two weeks away from the Tottenham game. Um, well, they take out the international break, and then you know, hopefully that have Goodison Park behind him, and we could see him intro- introduced there in a game. Which, by the way, I think there for the taking uh, as well. So, yeah, Calvert Lewin. It's a shame, obviously. Uh, it ju- he just can't seem to get going at all, and it's really sad to yeah. see. Um, but like I said, hopefully he will not be too far off, and he can play a bit of a role towards the end of the season. Now, obviously, we touched on it. Um. Next three games are massive. You know, Chelsea, Tottenham, Manchester United there. When you're in a relegation battle, these aren't really the fixtures that you want to see coming up. However, we've mentioned it a couple of times now. It's just got to be, the approach has got to be a game at a time. And, you know, I think, I, I don't really like doing this as such, but when you're in a relegation fight, I feel like it's hard not to. You look at you look at blocks of games and you sort of predict how many points you can sort of get from them. Um, I go back to when Dyke first came in. You know, he had, he had Arsenal, he had Liverpool, and he had Leeds, and he got six points out of nine. And I think everyone would have been more than happy with that. Slightly different proposition again now. We've got Chelsea, who seem to be coming into a bit of form themselves. You know, you've got Tottenham there, who you just don't know what you're going to get with them. And then, obviously, Manchester United are having a very strong season under Eric Ten Hag. Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll just put it to you straight. What, what's, what's a good return of points? I think four points would be 
amazing. I do. Um, if we can get a, a win, a draw, and you know, if we, there's a there's a chance that we there's a good chance that we might lose one of these games. And, and I hate to say it, but that's what you got to expect when you look at fixtures like this, especially away from home. So, where do you sort of sit on that? Do you think four points would be a good return, or do you think we can go and get more? So four points is what you're looking at. I think being in, being optimistic, four points is like I said before. Spurs home game, home game. You've got to win your home games. If you can win your home games, they'll set you up well. Also, Spurs last two last sort of games, poor against uh, Milan in the Champions League, and then Wolves away beaten, Sheffield United in the FA Cup beaten. Spurs are you don't know what you're going to get Spurs. No. Spurs, you know, you could have a game where Harry Kane does Harry Kane and Son's there and they just have this individual brilliance or you could have an absolute calamity. Um, it'd also be interesting to see if Conte's still the manager after the international break. Yeah, yeah, um, And I think if, if, if there was a time that he would go and it, w- it wouldn't be, it would be now or the end of the season. So that could be interesting. I think Luis Enrique's been linked there. I don't know if that's still active at the moment, but obviously we that wouldn't be ideal. New manager out, like what we're going. So Spurs is the one. I think Chelsea away. Chelsea, they've really sorted their cohesion. They, they're now a, they're now a team. The last sort of four or five games, they've stuck with this three four three. They've got a very similar squad. Apart from the only real differences is slightly Cucurella at left centre half swapping in for um for Farna, and then sort of Mudrick or Sterling on the right. Potter sees with right. This is his team. Sorted it. I think they are a decent side now. Even but I say that they're not many more. They're not many more places ahead of us. Yeah, in reality, like they've they've got. But against Leicester last week, they have you know they were they weren't fantastic. But Enzo Fernandez, edge of the box, got that quality to lift it over. Havertz got that quality to put it past the keeper. It yeah. is that individual quality which unfortunately we don't have really to be blunt. Um, away at Stamford Bridge. And I think we've we've always done well against Chelsea in the past, really. I think yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult place for us to go, Stamford Bridge. We haven't won there yeah. in, I think, it's over 20 years now or something like that. Yeah. I think you just lose counts after a while, don't you, with these sort of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's good. Listen, we, we, went, we mentioned before, Chelsea have picked up a bit of form recently under Potter. But, you know, you look at the bigger picture, you know, 10th place is are they in 10th place at the moment. You know, the Chelsea fans don't want that. And on the whole, they've had quite an underwhelming season. Um, it hasn't quite worked out under Graham Potter so far you know Chelsea you'd expect them to be challenging for titles Champions Leagues and all the rest of it you just look at their players yeah. and the money that they've spent it's obviously a team that can that can really hurt you you, you know but like I said Everton should be going into this game with a bit of confidence that we can come away with something a point would be fantastic and you know you look at some of the teams that have gone to Stamford Bridge and, and come away with something this, this year you know you look at Southampton they've done it you know there's, there's there's ways of coming out of there with something, and that that's what we've got to maybe pin our hopes to a little bit. That this is a this you know Chelsea side can be quite fragile, and the, the fans can turn as well, which I think might be playing a factor. If you know the longer it goes on without them getting a goal, if we frustrate them, similar how we did with Manchester City earlier in the season away from home, that sort of performance may give us our best chance of coming out of this with something. So, Alfie, how do you how do you think Deitch is going to approach this game? Do you think it's going to be very much like a, a classic Sean Deitch performance, if you like, which is going to frustrate, you know, rely very heavily on the set pieces, um, you know, just, just wind up the opposition and hope that we can come away with something? Yeah. But Chelsea, I think we can, they are beatable, or we can at least get a point there. I think, I don't want, I'm not going in there like I am, for example, the United game after the Spurs game. I think that's a different type of game. Yeah. I think, yeah, we will play the 
four, I think it'll be very similar. The four-five-one, four-four-two out of possession. Stick to Corey as a sort of false nine uh, in out of possession next to Gray. I think it will be Gray again. Yeah. I think I think Gray is now the, the forward option. I think. I feel sorry for Sims, to be honest, ultimately, but that's a completely different conversation. I think Gray will be the nine. Hopefully, we can keep everybody fit for that. I think everybody is fit, looking like it. I think it will be this very similar team. Keep this sort of momentum going with the same players, same sort of cohesion around the squad. And I think it'll be very similar sort of style of play. Play it, sort of try and frustrate, like you said. Fans can turn. They, they, The fans... They want. They are going to be wanting more than what they've got now at the moment. Oh, yeah. The Chelsea fans, and you can see that whether that's online or in the stadium, they will get frustrated. They are not a side, especially with the money they spent this season with the new ownership. They are not a side that should be anywhere near tenth, anywhere near us, anywhere near Villa Palace. They should be a side that are in Champions League winning it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you look at the money they've spent as well. It speaks for itself. It's a very disappointing season for Chelsea, but of course, very dangerous players. Very, very dangerous players indeed. So it, it's one of them, isn't it? It's um, it's obviously it's on the telly at half five. These sort of games drum up a bit of you know a bit of interest and things. Sometimes when they're on, on on the telly on Sky or whatever, you know, sometimes they can bring up some mad results as we as we've seen already this season. Um. But like I said, Everton shouldn't be going into this with any fear. You know, this is a Chelsea side, like you said, that's, that's beatable. A lot of teams have gone there and done it. So if we just go and stick to a game plan, which I'm sure we will, Sean Dyche will know exactly how he wants to approach this game and how how he feels this side can get the best result possible. You know, some of the players, it doesn't look like he's going to change it that much, Dyche, at the moment. If, if previous games have gone by, it looks like he's quite... He's quite happy with the t- his recent team selections. You know, Decore, very consistent at the moment. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Michael Keane as well, who seems to be coming into his own a little bit. And who would have expected that a few weeks ago? So it'll be interesting to see how he sets up. Um, but like I said, it'll probably be something which we've been used to seeing in the last couple of weeks. And he's just going to try and try and really wind up Chelsea and see if we can come away with like three, like I say, three points would be fantastic. You know, we mentioned before, didn't we? Our four points out of these three games would be would be amazing. And and to, you know, the first hurdle to come away with three, that would just be fantastic. And also to put to bed this horrific record there as well, um, that we've got at Stamford Bridge. You know, does Chelsea, Everton have had some, some, you know, much better sides than they have now and we've still not been able to beat them. So to go there and, and come away with three would just be, would just be phenomenal. Um, just before we start to wrap things up, um, just again looking at the, the wider sort of picture, um, a point would be fantastic, as we said. Um, and I've asked a lot of people who have come on this show um, recently. And to be fair, you've got <laughs> it's always better to come on and answer this after a win. But do you think we do have enough to get over the line? Because obviously, it's another tired season. We've got the man in dice now. We look stronger at home, of course. The performances have obviously picked up. You've got some players coming back. You think the likes of Patterson as well to come back into the fold. Do, do you think that we will have enough to get over the line or do you think it's just too hard to call at the moment when you look how tight it is? It's an incredibly hard decision, isn't it? I think there are so many teams involved. It could be anything. The, the, the bottom three now, Southampton, Leeds, Bournemouth, it could be a completely different bottom three. Yeah. Ultimately. Personally, I think Dyche did was needed completely if not earlier if we left it another couple of games I think we would have been gone and I, yeah, would have, I do think I do I do think it was a last we needed him then and now and I think he's the man I think he 
I think I, I think in a relegation battle, the three things you need are a good manager who's tactically disciplined and pragmatic, a good goalkeeper, which we've got. Obviously, I think Pickford's. In, I think he's one of the. He's probably one of the best in the. He's definitely one of the best in the bottom half of the league and the ones we're battling with, and a good number nine, which we don't have. Which is the issue. We don't need the goals. We're not. We're never going to score three or four goals a game, and nobody is around us. And I think there's other teams that are also struggling for goals. Yeah. Four. We've got the second lowest joint joint lowest with Wolves, Everton, and South, uh, Wolves, us, and Southampton on twenty. It, it's not looking good. Goal scoring. And I think that really does sort of show. Why like you said, it, it can sort of change it. so quickly, can't it? And that's been that's been mm-hmm. the thing this season, hasn't it? Like you, you look at it, and it, it just changed all the time. You can't predict anything because we we could be sat here Saturday night, and it could be a completely different fix. You know, you, you, we could be we could really start to think that we have enough to get over the line, but then quite quite easily another defeat can suck us back into thinking there's an awful lot of work to do yet. And of course, there's a lot of work to do yet. There's there's a lot. There's, you know, there's what is it nine more games to play. Um, no, 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 there's 11 more games to play, I think. Yeah, there's 11 11 more games games to play. So, you know, there's a lot of football still to be played. It changes weekly. And this is just just what you have to deal with when you're in a relegation battle. Unfortunately, you know, normally these things wouldn't concern you, but, you know, this is it. This is the things that we've got. We're constantly looking at other teams. We don't want to be doing this, but it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately, when you're in a relegation battle, which we are. Um, Some teams around us, I believe, have some tough games again this weekend, but you can't always rely on them. Of course, you can only focus on yourself just when you think a result's going to be a given. Normally in this league, it's not the case. Just look at Bournemouth at the weekend. So there's a lot of football still to play. Everton definitely look on better equipped to give themselves a fighting chance. Yeah. I think that, so, you know, I, I don't want to go out on a limb and say we will survive or anything like that, but we are better equipped to maybe stand a chance of survival. So there you go. We'll leave it there. Obviously, massive thanks to Alfie for jumping on with us this evening. Um, yeah, massive game. Just before we go, Alfie, prediction, mate. Prediction for Chelsea. Draw. Draw, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I would... I'd snap your hand off on a nil-nil, of course we would. And then yeah. it's a platform then. You know, we... We spoke before, then we look at these sort of games in blocks, and it's three really difficult games, of course it is. But if we can, you know, get a point on the board already and the first one's out the way, we don't have to worry about playing one of these bigger teams again, you know, they're out the way, then then things, a lot of confidence can be taken into that Spurs game, which obviously we'll talk more about close to time. But again, that, that's a fixture that you look at where Everton can maybe look to get three points course like like you said you need to be winning your home games so yeah Alfie massive thanks for jumping on be sure to give Alfie a follow on Twitter as well massive thank you for jumping on and we shall speak to you next time on the Toffee Blues thank you very much and have a good weekend